0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody! Good morning, or afternoon, or good good day to you wherever good day, you are. Mike. We are in Genesis chapter 6. Lots just to even recap so far Mm. what has happened. You know, God is created. We have the fall in chapter 3. Then we've got humans trying to rule uh, now that sin and brokenness has entered. And it's just been not good. And
1: we
0: just have got all these years now of built up just... Mm -hmm. happening you read about that in chapter five and then now today in chapter six we're kind of reading about you know what what happens with that Mm -hmm. in god's heart uh for humanity again for earth overall and so uh that's noah and the flood so clark and i
1: you say as we read this just remember you know ask yourself in the midst of the confusing words and confusing verses what do i learn about god in this chapter What do I learn about people in this chapter? And who am I now in light of these things as I try to follow God? So Mm -hmm. we say that before we jump into some... Really interesting verses, and even hard to understand verses.
0: This is what, you guys, this is the heart of the podcast, like what sticks out, and then also just like processing things maybe that don't make sense to you. I know, I mean, honestly, Clark's probably most helpful for that, because most of the time it doesn't make sense to me
1: either. Yeah, I'm learning as well. So today we're going to lay out multiple (laughs) options that what has been taught throughout church history, and not give you an answer, will respond to some of the confusion here and say, here's what some people think, here's what other people think, here's what other people think, think, and let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: here's what really what's important. Yeah. And so right away in the first few verses of chapter six, you kind of read about human beings and them increasing in number. And then even before that, you read about, you know, how they're living so long. And so again, this is one of those things where some folks think, you know, they're talking about specific years of life. Others other folks think that they're talking about Um, like all their descendants, and so a couple different thoughts there. And then even as you keep reading then, I think it's actually verse 4, you read about the Nephilim and kind of these relationships that these folks had with humans. And so we just want to give you a couple options there that you can think about and chew on, Um, and then we'll keep moving on in the chapter. So, Mm -hmm. Clark, we were talking about how there's usually like three rules of thought when it comes to um the this word and so
1: yeah when it comes to yeah. nephilim the the first like Category would just be fallen angels. When it says the sons of God, people think maybe you're referring to spiritual beings that are interacting in the earthly realm. Which
0: we saw in Genesis 3. Yeah. When we read about Satan and Eve. And mm-hmm. so there's one potential option. Another one is just like the interaction of the natural, the supernatural earth and the spirit realm, and how literally these could have been people that were demon possessed mm-hmm. that just had qualities that were, you know, more grandeur.
1: And again, you read the gospels and you see that is a Possibility, Right.
0: So there's another one. And then one that seems really plausible is just the clans of Seth and the clans of Cain interacting together mm-hmm. and how there's no real, you know, distinct. These men were bigger or these men were greater um, physical noticings until now. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't have been happening. Yeah. And that's where, like, you were mentioning Goliath and just giants. and
1: like, Yeah, some people try yeah. to attribute Goliath's giantness back to the Nephilim, possibly. Mm-hmm. And so if you ever watch the Bible Project, um, you go to YouTube or download the app or look them up online. It's a fantastic website and group of men uh, and people who are Hebrew scholars, Greek scholars, and use art- artistic work to help explain Scripture. And they talk about some of these topics and what's what's difficult and challenging for many of us is that we read the Bible as we live in two thousand twenty-two Western America. Sure. Where I, this writing was written thousands of years ago in a completely different world view. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make us being, you know, because we have iPhones and they didn't, doesn't make us smarter. It doesn't make us um, even more accurate advanced. or even like advanced yeah. at like this is not a possibility. So mm. I would encourage you to check out their videos. And be open to, you know, a a Middle Eastern worldly view and say, okay, how would they read the scriptures? How did they read this text? And Mm. what do we have to learn about God again here and um, people? And at the end of the day, though, just remember, the spiritual realm is interacting with the earthly realm all the time. And both the Old and the New Testament attribute Mm. that to be a true thing. So don't write it off in the midst of, you know, it's kind of hard to understand.
0: It is hard, and so that's why we want to talk about it, though, because we also want to, you know, while there's things that are mysterious and above us, and we want to give our steward, our you know, devotion, our heart, like to understanding the scriptures and, to, like, you know, as best as I can, God, what's going on here, And just to honor Him there, and not just glaze over questions that we mm-hmm. have, because that's not helpful either. For so, sure. Um, as you continue to move through the chapter, then uh, there again, so much is going on. God looks um, over the earth, over human race, and can see and understand how the, you know, every inclination, that's in verse five, but the thoughts of the heart, every, every inclination is just Evil, mm-hmm. and then we want to spend time specifically talking about verse six and what that means. That the Lord regretted that He had made human beings on earth, and His heart was deeply troubled. Mm-hmm. And really, specifically, if we zoom in even more, the word "regretted" and kind of what that tells us about God and what we can learn, and and just make sense of that. Even mm-hmm. in the again,
1: when when you want to get to know God, we don't just pick out one Bible verse and read it alone. Mm-hmm. You read it within the context of the chapter, the chapter within the book. In the book within the Bible. So when we read about who God is in all the Bible, uh, we read that God always invites us into relationship with Him and blessing. And He makes yeah. it very clear that if you choose not to walk in this way, and the Spirit's not wooing and guiding and directing people this way, there's another alternative, and that's the way of the curse. Yeah. So when you dive into other Old Testament writings, like Malachi 3, it talks about how God is immutable, and He is changeless, like God is constant. Numbers, and in First Samuel 15, it talks about how God doesn't change his mind. Again, have in mind that this is an infinite God who is mm. ultimate. He is um, unlimited, trying to reveal himself to us, who are finite, limited, right. forgetful. I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast this morning, like totally. an hour ago. <laughs> And the God of the universe is trying to reveal himself to us in ways that we're able to understand. Right. So at the end of the day, this is what you need to know. God is working to accomplish his purposes, and he will not be stopped. That's what gives us hope and peace and confidence. And his holiness is unchanging, but it gets even better. He mm-hmm. is not only holy and loving, he is also just. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to Genesis 2 and into Genesis 3, you have this great hope in the midst of... Uh, a, a tragedy here where you're going crap yeah. the serpent came sin entered the world and god says don't <laughs> worry a savior is going to come from the line of mankind and step on the head of the serpent and defeat satan mm-hmm. so then you flip over to genesis 4 and you go oh good someone's going to come you know kill the evil one how's it going for humanity Oh, well, then you got a brother smashing another brother's head. The noble one dies. So you're stuck with the the messed up one. You're going, okay, <laughs> this guy is going to have some offspring that's going to come and save the day. <laughs> nope. What happens then? Well, at the very end of chapter 4, you read that Seth, the appointed one, was born. If you yeah. listen to the podcast on a Wednesday, you know that's what we talked about here. And so at the end of the day, just know that God is sovereign. He is above this. He's ordained days. He's got a good plan. And he's constantly navigating mm-hmm. uh, this. And so what might seem like a change of mind to us just might be like God saying, I laid out two options for you, blessing or curse. You chose curse. I'm going to move back to the way of blessing, you know, with a different people group. Yeah. And yet he's still faithful to his people, mm-hmm. like collectively, Israel, the church. That's what the scriptures teach us. So when you transition then to the next word, that's kind of interesting in verse six, because it says, the Lord regretted, we just talked about that, Mm -hmm. that he had made man on earth and it grieved him to his heart. So he regretted it. But then what does he do with Noah? Right. He gives him grace. Yeah. So it's not like God's going to wipe out everybody. He's saying, no, I have hope. I am still loving. I'm going to give you uh, grace here. Mm -hmm. That word grieved then next is translated just like raw and word for word, um, Indignant rage. Mm. God hates sin. Yeah. And so throughout the scripture, sometimes it talks about how the wrath of God comes out. Mm. And that makes us uncomfortable because we have God, like, he's holding his little... He doesn't have
0: wrath? His little no. teddy
1: bear, and he's just passing out heart-shaped valentines, and he loves us. Well, yeah, he is love, but he's also just. Because when you read verse 5, like Bobby said, every yeah. intention of the human heart was evil. I don't want to be graphic, but think about some of the most evil things on earth. Things done from people to animals and yeah. people to people, man to man, woman to woman, adult to children. Like Those things are wicked, and if God did not intervene and do something, it would make him unloving. Yeah. And so he's looking at this going, I must do something. Mm. And again, here's where I would point ahead to Jesus and say, when you sing songs like uh, In Christ Alone, that lyric, And it goes on that cross, Jesus died, and the wrath of God was pacified or was satisfied. It's going back to these passages right here where God hates sin so much, he wants to offer salvation and a new way for us to do it. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't bear the brunt of his wrath, and so it came upon Jesus Christ. That shows God's love, God's justice and that he brought about the flood and judgment, and God's love and that he said, Noah, I love you. Build a boat, man, so we can keep this plan going on.
0: Yeah. That's it's interesting that you say that Noah build the boat because sometimes we um you know we think about well what God's will and what's happening and what's going on and I love the picture that we get in um so after you know God has seen that Noah was a righteous man in verse 9 and then he gives him these specific instructions as if to say like I'm not going to leave you alone you know this is going to happen um we we are going to build, be building this boat, but here are the specific instructions. You know, make rooms in it, coat it with pitch on the inside and out. Make it with cypress wood. Make it so many cubits. Give it a roof. Um, make sure that there's animals that we get two of every kind, like in verse 21. Make sure that you bring food. That you, <laughs> yeah, so he's
1: thinking through all of it.
0: These are details where God's saying, like, I, I'm with you in the midst of it. Like we said, where God has you know made a way again. Where it's so interesting, you guys, because the. The truth about what Clark said about love and justice, like we we can't separate those from who God is. And so now we see that and we see that on a global level with the flood. Now we're seeing it in this really intimate level with Noah's family saying, um, do what I'm saying and, and it's gonna save you. And it's gonna save your family. And that's kind of where I landed on verse 18. Uh, well, right before this, God is saying like, here's what's gonna happen. There's gonna be floodwaters. And then in verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark and you and your sons and your wife and your son's wife's with you. Essentially saying like, I have this covenant promise, this relationship um, that I'm still standing by, that I want to enter in with you, um, that I, I see you, that I'm with you, and we're going to do this together. And then at the very end of the chapter, verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And that's, you guys, that's where, let's position ourselves for that kind of obedience. Mm-hmm. That when... When God says, you know, you know, build the boat or whatever it might be, now that we, Jesus has come, when God says, you know, forgive and love your enemy, um, pray for those who persecute you, walk, abide in the spirit, Let, let's position ourselves so that we can do that. like
1: t- Noah did everything just as God commanded. Mm-hmm. And real quick, one comment there yeah. is that Noah was not perfect. And so oh, goodness, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> take that that burden off your back where we're not going to be perfect, but God calls us to be faithful. And that's what Noah was. That's what separated Noah from the rest of humanity Mm -hmm. is that he was faithful. Yeah. So we're going to mess up even today. But we repent. We turn to the Lord and we say, God, you're faithful by your spirit. I'm going to try to be faithful. And that's just a little side note I wanted to give you.
0: I think it's important, too. You mentioned 1 Peter 3, and I think that's mm-hmm. just another like awesome picture of covenant, too, that we get. Like You mentioned it when, when you guys do baptisms at church and, and really kind of the, mm-hmm. the fullness, the picture of Scripture that it gives us with all yeah. of the
1: Bible. Yeah, so we use this when it comes to baptism, and this is what 1 Peter three twenty and 21 say. It says, To those who are disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built, It to only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal from of dirt from the body, but a pledge of clear conscience towards the Lord. Mm -hmm. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, just to be clear again, the baptism is pointing us to Christ. So the water sprinkled or dipped in does not save you. But it's Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that washes away our sin. Mm -hmm. And that's what that image is given here. Like the flood waters wash away the sin of the earth. The shower waters wash away the dirt from a long day's worth Mm -hmm. of work. And that's what um, God gives us. And he gives us the rainbow to look back at God's faithfulness and remember who he is and who he calls us to be. So a takeaway from today, remember that God is perfectly love and perfectly just. And I celebrate that.
0: Me too. Yeehaw! (laughs) Happy Friday, you guys. Be blessed on your weekend. Join us on Sunday for sure. Are we in?
1: This is the last sermon on uh, Christian sexuality. Pastor Johnny is going to be preaching about sex tech, sex and technology, and how do we navigate the iWorld with iPhones and Androids and iPads as we follow Jesus. It's going to be great. It is going
0: to be helpful. Okay, God bless you guys. We'll talk soon.